Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. If you're new here, welcome. The Healthy Hustlers is a series of healthy conversations with influential hustlers, where together we chat health mindset and motherhood. Featuring easy to digest conversations with some of the most successful and influential people in our country, including the likes of Kayla Itzines, Megan Gale, Elise Knowles, Sarah's Day, Mick Fanning, and many more, this podcast is sure to give you a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and well-being goals. With over 150 episodes for you to enjoy through storytelling, my aim is to offer you a fresh perspective and inspiring insights that will empower you to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilling life. Are you looking for new and exciting ways to expand your knowledge and reach your health and wellbeing goals? Introducing Benefit Pocket, a health app that offers a unique range of immersive online courses developed and guided by incredible experts at the top of their field. From sustainable living to crystals and vibrations, Benefit Pocket provides practical health knowledge, tools, tips and advice to users through video-led on-demand course material. As a listener of the podcast, you can get 40% off all courses by using the code listed in the show notes of this episode. I truly believe that good health requires a holistic approach that ensures that all facets are working in harmony, which is why I'm so excited to be joined by the founder of Low Tox Life, Alex Stewart, to chat easy hacks and practical tips for living a healthier, happier and low tox life. Alex is a low-tox guru, author and podcaster who created a low-tox movement that was non-judgmental and positive after seeing the lack of transparency in the food system, personal care and cleaning products. Through her books, courses, podcast and thriving online community, Alex helps people to make sustainable, long-lasting and positive change that has an enormous impact on not only personal health, but the health of our planet. Her book, Low Tox Life, was the first resource I personally used when trying to gain a better understanding of the role that toxic and harmful chemicals have on our health and how to eliminate them in an easy and practical way. I personally love Alex's non-judgmental approach and how she offers solutions that fit different lifestyles. Here's Alex. Hello, Alex, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. So thrilled to be joined by you today. Thank you so much for your time. How are you? I'm great, Madeline. Thanks for having me on. No, I'm very excited. Um, I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time, actually. I've got your got your book um, and so many handy tips in there that I've been having on my own health journey. So I'm really excited to share some of your knowledge with the audience today. But Alex, I've been studying the conversations this year in a very similar way, and that's finding out what your word for 2022 is and what it represents for you personally. So my word is heart for the year, and it means a lot of different things for me. I, I see a world very polarised, narratives, counter-narratives, lots of fighting on social media, And I feel like humans have almost forgotten how much we have in common compared to how different we are. So I really want to bring that uh, peaceful centre into my own uh, being because it can be very easy to get in all of that stuff. Um, But also to, if I'm sharing things, to really think about what matters and what matters to the most amount of people and how we can create a better world, a healthier people, happier planet, 
it really does come back to connecting to your heart because if you're connected inside, then you're connected to what's around you and you see what's good and what's not so great and what's useful and what's detrimental. So that's my word for the year. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful approach and and word to have to, you know, really encompass your year with. That's amazing. Now I can see your two beautiful books in the background um, of (laughs) our video right now, but I'd love to know if there's been a particular book uh, along your journey that's really helped to, I guess, either inspire your journey or to really leave a long lasting kind of positive impact on your life. Oh my gosh, there are so many. And the two that come to mind right now, when you ask that question, it's always a question if you haven't prepared for it, it's almost more exciting what the answer is going to be because it's just whatever floats in there. And the two books were Daring Greatly, Brene Brown, which I genuinely believe, especially women who tend to, from cultural, historical reasons and upbringings, be not really get just how daring we could and should be uh, in our lives. And uh, I think it's mandatory reading for everybody. My husband even got tons out of that book and loves it too. So it's for everybody. But then the second book that came into my mind, is actually a book by a cattle farmer, Alan Savory, who is thought to be the, the founder of holistic um, cattle management and, and rotational grazing. And uh, the reason that book comes to mind for me is because holistic management, even though you would think from the outset it was a book about cattle farming, it's actually a book about going right to the top of what a healthy whole system looks like and then how everything within a system contributes to that, the health of the whole. It's an unbelievable big picture thinking book and ended up for me being a really inspiring philosophy lesson as much as a lesson in biodiversity and soil health. And so, um, yeah, those two books have impacted me massively. Wow. I love that so much. Um, it's funny, like talking about that and looking at your book in the background, because that was actually a really big one on my journey. I remember when I first started The Healthy Hustlers and my auntie actually had your book and I went up to a trip to the Gold Coast and she said to me, I've got something I want to give to you. I really feel like you're ready for this and you'll love oh, this book. And she handed me your book. Amazing. Um, and it was really, it was, it was really that start of my journey when I guess I was looking beyond just, yeah, healthy eating and, and movement and really thinking about about how I can, you know, bring health into our whole family. So yeah, I always love hearing about people's books, but I haven't read that um, Brent Brown one. So I'm definitely going to put that on my list. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah, Dad. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now, can we get a little bit of insight into you and your journey for anyone who might not be familiar with your work? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was coasting along my twenties, but the speed bumps happened every three or four months in the form of tonsillitis for me. So I was busy. I uh, had a very big career very early on in luxury cosmetics and perfumes, probably contributed to all the problems. But (laughs) um, And then from there, I had a bit of a quarter life crisis, almost like I was allergic to the job, the industry. I just hated it. I felt like it wasn't right. And if I look back retrospectively, I had so many migraines during that time. I was so unwell. Uh, That was when I started having really irregular periods And if I think back to my early, early days in cosmetics when I was like a counter girl before management Mm. and and training and and all of the things I moved into, there wasn't a woman on that floor that didn't have some kind of period problem. Like everybody had issues. 
And I remember I used to get these migraines and the Clarins lady would let me pop into the Clarins beauty room and switch off all the lights for me and let me sleep while the managers were in the lunch break and I'd pop a couple of painkillers. Like, I mean, what kind of life is that? But you kind of, it's just all the cultural norms. So you don't even realise that normal doesn't mean that it's right. I was too young. I was in my early to mid-20s at that point. But in the later part of my 20s, the tonsillitis recurrences really went into overdrive and I got it three, four, five times a year to the point where I became antibiotic resistant and the doctor literally had nothing they could do for me. And that was kind of, it was odd, like because I'd grown up in that convenience generation of the 80s and really um, the ramping up of antibiotics in terms of, you know, giving them out like lollipops back then was, um, it was just so normal. You got infection, you got antibiotics. You didn't actually ever have to try and fight anything off yourself or you weren't given tools to support your body to do its fighting better if you maybe had a compromised immune system. And so the big learning journey came when I was recommended a naturopath by a girlfriend and this naturopath put me on a whole bunch of revolting tasting herbs and a couple of immune supportive vitamins and minerals. And three days later, I was completely better. And I was like, what? (laughs) How did you do that? (laughs) The drugs don't work. So what are these? And this is like plants and vitamins. How does that work? And yet it did. And I had been uh, two years, I think at one point by 28 without a period when I went off the contraceptive pill at 26 and I thought, oh, I might take this problem to her because my doctor had done a couple of tests, said I had polycystic ovaries and might have early onset menopause, but kind of said it as a bit of a throwaway thing, like not so serious, didn't even really recommend me to an endocrinologist or anything. Just I walked out of the office and I was like, because I wasn't, I didn't even have a boyfriend at that particular point in my life. So it wasn't like I was thinking kids or, you know, wasn't heavy on my soul that that news. So I just let it slide. But once Christine had fixed my tonsillitis situation, I went to her with the period thing and she put me on some more herbs and my period came back in six weeks. She was furious that I'd been told that in such a throwaway way and, And it started to make me see that there was a complete counter-narrative in health and there were people Mm. who really knew how to help support the body to do the work it does rather than fighting things and band-aiding things and um, waiting until things were so severe that they required medication. It was a big learning journey. But when the tonsillitis came back another three, four months later, as usual really for my life at that point in time, she said... There's obviously something creating the strep overgrowth. There's some preliminary research around this emerging non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which really wasn't a talked about thing 18 mm. years ago. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm quite old now. <laughs> and um, she said, why don't we try three, four months no gluten and see if during that period you notice anything, you feel any better. And if you don't get tonsillitis, that's a really good sign. And we try another couple of months. I was horrified. I'm half French, like <laughs> oh. eating a pain au chocolat or a croissant <laughs> or quiche or all those things is like, oh, that's my cultural heritage. And then, <laughs> and then when you start to look at all the packaged stuff that I used to eat back then, yeah. you know, busy, busy hospitality professional, like working 50, 60 hour weeks. I remember like 
you know, one of those processed food poppers with everything for breakfast. I'm not going to name brand names, but um, I remember looking at it going, okay, that's got gluten in it. Um, Once I had to try and find ways to get it out and then I found the thing that I used to buy to have for dinner that had gluten in it, then the snacks that I liked Mm. to take to work had gluten in them, then, you know, everything had gluten in it and packaged food 18 years ago. And that for me is probably the biggest blessing because today if someone says, you have to go gluten-free for health reasons, they can still be sent in the arms of ultra-processed food because everything exists in gluten-free form now. Mm-hmm. Yes. But 18 years ago, it did not. So I literally got driven into the arms of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, eggs, milk, dairy, that kind of stuff, and then had to figure out how to cook. So that came and then it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a really bad cook. I'm going to have to do better. <laughs> Because otherwise I'm not going to stick at this. Like it'll be a disaster. So it was an incredible lesson in curiosity versus deprivation. Because I think the human spirit naturally goes to victim mode, unfortunately. It's like, I can't, you know, I can't have gluten, poor me. Um, Whereas often restriction of some kind for some sort of bigger benefit can be an amazing opportunity to learn and grow and be curious and for me it was what got me cooking and there were no gluten-free books so I had to figure out gluten-free flours and textures wow. and oh my goodness that would have been a real journey it really was and it's yeah. the reason low tox life was born 12 years ago because no one knew how to do anything yeah. and so I was able to help people Wow. That's so interesting. My daughter's two and a half and I've just got her off gluten recently because I've been having trouble with her going to the toilet. Um, And we have such a healthy diet. So I knew she was eating so well. So it was quite easy for me to pick. Well, it's it's potentially going to be gluten or dairy just because they're the things I was noticing that when she had too much of, she couldn't go to the toilet. But even as someone who loves cooking food and the abundance of resources we have now in terms of like good quality that you can buy and also recipes and stuff, it is such a big process to actually be so aware constantly of yeah what they're consuming and being really prepared as well to always have food on hand so you're not kind of just reaching for those grab and go things that that do have the gluten in them so I couldn't even imagine what it would have been like for you back then like just literally going from scratch trying to learn and trial and, and figure out how it all kind of comes together it was really exciting it turned out for me to be a really exciting creative project and I know not everybody's drawn to that like for some people that would be a real hardship Um, for me, once I got over the, oh my gosh, it's in everything and then found out what I could do, what I could work with, then it was like, okay, what are all the possibilities? Um, And, um, yeah. I love that. So I guess aside from the food and making that food, what were the initial kind of steps that you took personally towards that, that low tox life? Food was the first big pillar and went on to become one of the pillars in what I defined to be a low-tox life, obviously. But the next big wave was falling pregnant with my little man. And I'd gone through that greenwash phase where you start to use things with pretty environmental names and the brand names and still don't really know that there's actually a whole bunch of stuff in that uh, Mm -hmm. environmentally aware journey that you then need to learn before you get to the the real low-tox stuff. Totally. 
but when I fell pregnant and when I got all my baby shower gifts, because I was so good at reading food labels, I thought, oh, let's have a squeeze at, you know, these. And again, there was hardly anything on the internet. Um, luckily, there was an infantile kind of version of PubMed, so I could look up chemical research and, and toxicity studies. Um, but I started to find, and I was so shocked, two groups of chemicals that just appeared again and again in all the mainstream baby stuff, which of course, they meant they appeared in like all the mainstream everything, uh, were hormone disruptors or endocrine disruptors uh, for a more technical term and carcinogen or potential carcinogenic ingredients. And uh, they were in the form of things like preservatives, textural modifications. And I was like, what? How on earth is this stuff allowed Mm. in our personal care? Then I looked at cleaning products and was curious as to why there were no listed ingredients at all other than a um an ingestible poison which would have the poison logo on the back there were no ingredients I was like why are there no ingredients so I found in the history as I talk about in my first book that there was a a court case filed in the states in the 70s by one cleaning company to another cleaning products company saying they've copied our uh, ingredients and their formulation, they've put out their product. I notion that we should be able to disclose, not disclose ingredients because it's not a personal care item, i.e. it's not necessarily going on your skin. But I don't know a person on the planet who has time to put on a, a hazmat mask mm-hmm. and um, fully protective hazmat gloves before doing cleaning around their house. You know, it is deeply personal to breathe something in through your lungs. That is personal care. Definitely. Um, Same with the skin, our largest organ. So, again, horrified and started to seek out companies that were more transparent, had integrity. And while there was only a handful of more pioneering brands back then, through the education of myself, the community that I grew, and many other communities around the world, we were really able to create a marketplace for many more small businesses to proliferate and say, oh, cool, I'll, you know, create a cleaning company. There seems to be people who want this stuff. Just like switching your food to organic wherever you possibly can, biodynamic and those sorts of regenerative principles, let farmers have the confidence to convert and or, you know, young farmers to move to the country and start farming and doing markets. You create a market and then that gives producers confidence that the people want that stuff. And it's been amazing to see that develop over the last 12 years, like actually crazy to see how how it's developed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I guess as a consumer, like I really wanted to kind of touch on that because I think as a consumer, and especially if you're new to, you know, this healthier way of living and trying to make those health conscious choices for you and your family, it can be so overwhelming, the products that are on the market that are screaming at you, all natural or no nasties when in fact that ingredients list is actually huge. And I guess similar to you, I was really conscious of food first. I really um, moved to organic and tried to not consume or as little preservatives as possible. So I was absolutely obsessed with reading any packaged food that we bought that was coming into our home. I'd read the ingredients list. And so it's similar then became with, yeah, cleaning products and and skincare that I was putting on my baby. I was like, well, if I can figure out what the food is, surely I can figure out what what the chemicals are. And I definitely am not as fully there as much with the cleaning side of things and the home products. But like 
for someone who like I, I do care about it and I find it interesting and I find it so overwhelming. I can't even imagine what someone starting out on this journey would feel. So what would you say in terms of actual ingredients would be those really red flags when it does come to our everyday products that you do find in the ones that are calling out all natural or no nasties? When it comes to food, I think of sulfites, yeast extracts and MSG family chemicals because they're the ones, oh, and um, petroleum-based colours, which are still used, um, because they're all the ones that are linked to behavioural and neurotoxic behaviour. So they'd be the ones um, that I'd steer clear of. Well, actually, I will correct myself there. MSG, yeast extract uh, and petroleum-based colours, they're the ones that are all linked to neurotoxic behaviour. But sulfites are actually linked to respiratory issues. And I remember those bright orange dried apricots when I was a kid, that was like my first go-to for before sports. And I remember wheezing, but like, you know, they, they taste so yummy and they're super sweet. I don't remember making a connection between the apricots and why I was wheezing, but it was literally only while I ate those that I would do that. And I ended up being diagnosed with sports asthma and being given Ventolin. And I've had so many parents go, oh, my gosh, I've taken the bright preservative-laden dried fruits out of my kid's lunchbox and they're not experiencing even like a lessened degree of an existing asthma condition that's more of an everyday asthma condition seems to go down when you take out the sulfites. And you find them in really awkward places like crumpets and pikelets and grated cheese even sometimes I'm like oh my gosh what kind of society are we that we don't know how to just run a block of cheese over a grater anymore and chuck the grater in the dishwasher it's not hard I know. and then we take you know but I think we've just been so drunk on convenience and what what marketing tells us convenience looks like that we've forgotten that we can actually do things a lot more simply um, like cheese and biscuits versus a little snack I mean, there's nothing easier than simple crackers and a few slices of cheese, for example, or apple and peanut butter, like brilliant snack. We'll be right back after this healthy break. It's no secret that I'm obsessed with personal development. After studying abroad at the age of 23, I realized how privileged I was to have access to great education and the opportunity for a fruitful and fulfilling career. Since that time, I made a promise to myself to never stop learning, to always find new and exciting ways to expand my mind. It's why I'm thrilled to team up with Benefit Pocket, a health app that offers a unique range of immersive online courses developed and guided by incredible experts at the top of their field. From sustainable living to crystals and vibrations, Benefit Pocket provides practical health knowledge, tools, tips, and advice to users through video-led on-demand course materials. The perfect opportunity for busy hustlers like you to continue to expand your knowledge and reach your health and well-being goals. As a listener of the podcast, you can get 40% off all courses by using the code listed in the show notes of this episode. Mini courses start at as little as $69 and with a 40% discount, that's a very cheap investment in your personal growth and well-being goals. Check out the show notes for all the details. The more that you start to think that way again and go back to almost those basics, 
the more you start to enjoy the process as well of eating yeah. and consuming food. And it's like, it doesn't become this real, really deep passion and love rather than it just being like a total convenience thing. And I've got to eat food or I've got to feed the kids or whatever. It actually yeah. becomes a real interest because it's like this rabbit warren when you get into it. It's just like, oh my goodness, there's just constantly things to be learning and um, educating yourself on. And it's kind of quite an exciting space to enter into, um, Mm. which just really, I guess, fosters that passion for wanting to learn more and do better. So yeah, I feel like for anyone listening, exactly what you said, going back to just grating cheese instead of buying the convenient one, like it's just such an easy starting point. And so often when I speak to parents, young parents who often when we're pregnant and having our kids, that's when the lights come on for so many women. And we have to make sure they're not scared and we have to make sure they're not judged for what they don't know Uh, because I always say to people it's way more productive to feel excited about where you're headed than to feel guilty about what you didn't know. Like that's wasted energy. So true. Um, And so, you know, then when you say it's as simple as like you don't need to take the chips away completely, just go with plain chips and a nice smashed avo instead of like barbecue flavoured chips that have all the crazy additives in them. It's just those simple, simple little things. And then when people realise that that you can dramatically reduce your exposure to sulfites, yeast extracts, MSGs and um, petroleum-based colours and other synthetic colours and do it with three simple little things like that, then they're like, okay, this is something I could do. And we all just need to feel like we can make a, put a run on the board and win something. And then, then we're good. And then you can look at your personal care and cleaning. And I always say for those two categories, probably the number one product I would remove if you're still using it is a fabric softener of a more traditional kind. The ones that stink out your clothes, (laughs) even if you wash them in no fabric softener for the next 10 washes and you would still be able to smell that fabric softener, that kind of a synthetic fragrance can be really damaging to our hormones. The way that that synthetic fragrance is able to last as long as it does is through having phthalates added to the formulation. Um, That's P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S for the nerds who like looking stuff up (laughs) like me. And phthalates are a sticky plasticizer compound that make fragrances long lasting. So, you know, we are meant to have essential oils last for 15, 20 minutes on our skin. That is normal. That is plants on our bodies and that is nature. Mm. Uh, The idea that we were sold, this idea that that was a problem and therefore we needed it to last longer and that perfume companies and fabric softeners and shampoos and all the rest have found a way to do that for us. Yay, we fixed the problem. (laughs) That is 101 marketing. Create a problem, create solution. Um, There was never a problem in the first place. Mm -hmm. And just think about the fragrance names they use like spring fresh or ocean breeze and go down to the ocean and sniff the ocean. And I guarantee you it smells (laughs) nothing like those crazy products. So ditch the fabric softener number one, because you're then not wearing it on your body anymore and breathing it in. But number two, you're not propelling that air through the home during the drying cycle. Um, It's like a huge contributor to indoor air pollution. So that's just one of my favourite ditches because it's such an easy one. And the the fix is to just chuck in half a cup of bicarb soda or vinegar, white vinegar, 
Um, I prefer the bicarb soda. I think it works really, really well. And then if I need to use the dryer, I always put a tea towel in one of my washers. I make sure there's one in there because then I can put 20 drops of whatever essential oil you want. I love lemon through a wash. It's just really nice and clean. Um, Orange is really nice as well. And they're really cheap ones. And then it rolls around in your dryer and you have this beautiful natural fragrance. It's so easy. So easy. So you would just put your bicarb soda in like you would where your fabric softener Yeah, yeah, just in the wash, exactly. Literally straight in and then do your tea towel in your dryer. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. My husband is a bit of a sucker for fabric softener in his work clothes. So we have very strict rules in our house that, like, I have special washing stuff just for my daughter (laughs) for my clothes. And I'm like, you can put on yours whatever you want if you you want. But I'm definitely going to try that and see if I can can convince him otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, and you might want to convince him. In fact, I was just putting through a submission for opposing a plastics recycling factory in my sister's community here in the Southern Highlands today, and I cited some research. And actually uh, phthalates, that um, plasticizer compound I talked about before, is extremely damaging to sperm counts. Uh, There is so much literature on this in science. Uh, You can just just literally uh, Google phthalate, toxicity, and sperm, and you will be flooded with research papers that demonstrate a direct correlation. And this, for me, is one of the best ways we can get our men off those Lynx Rexona yeah. cans. Sorry, I am mentioning brands. Yeah. <laughs> they are so potently horrible for yeah. our respiratory tracts as well as for the absorption of those plasticizer compounds. And uh, and most guys I know, as soon as they're little swimmers and fertility and manliness is being called into question or threatened in any way, they're like, yep, sweet, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not using that. What Absolutely. do I need to use instead? And then, and then you can go in. So that's my hot tip for getting your blokes on board. That is amazing. I guess when it does come to food, because I know you're so passionate about that as well, and your book, you know, has a lot of swaps and changes of things of how we can, I guess, have a much lower waste and, and happier planet. What would you say that something is today that people can really start injecting into their either grocery shops or into their home life when it comes to cooking that will contribute to that lower waste and and happier planet? One of my favourites, and it's so simple, is to say before you ask yourself what you feel like or what you fancy for dinner, say, what do I need to use up? Oh, yes, I love that. That's simple. We are wasting one in five shopping bags of food People say, oh, I can't afford organic. Like, boom, there's your 20%. <laughs> you That's could do it overnight five. for most families. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so ask what you need to use up. And then what you might observe, like the fridge is obviously the most important place to use up anything that's a leftover. But it's amazing how many of our leftovers we can actually just slide into a new meal the next day, like let's just say you're making a soup and it's winter time and you've got some leftover sweet potato from the night before, but you're making a soup that doesn't have sweet potato in the recipe. Who cares? It's all just about to be blended up. No one's going to know. Um, so just get it in there. If you're making a pasta that was going to be vego, but you, you happen to be a meat-eating family and there's some leftover roast chook, just you know shred some chicken through it and get that into your mushroom 
tomato sauce the next day and such little things, but you would be surprised how much you end up being able to use up that way just by asking what have I got to use up first? Yes, I love that. That it's such a good question. To I know personally when we um, when I fell pregnant, we I for the first time I wanted to swap to organic. So we went basically probably yeah ninety five percent organic when it came to fruit, veggies, well most things in the house. But yeah, my husband said to me, "Well, I'm happy to do this, but obviously it comes at a cost. So you have to make a promise to me to use every single thing in our fridge before we do another shop." And one, it was a great challenge for me because I thought, well, I'm really passionate about this and I really want to eat organic and just see the change that it will hopefully have on my overall health um, and my pregnancy and birth. But it was this new challenge because before that, I probably wasn't great at finish, you know, if, mm. if the carrot looked a little Most bit old, I was like, oh, I'll just throw it out. Or, yeah. you know, and I'm, I could be quite terrible sometimes at always finishing my meal. So yeah, it was a really good challenge for me personally. And now it's just, it's such a normal healthy habit in our house to literally use out the fridge, even if it's, you know, on a get to a Saturday morning and it's like, whatever veggies we have, we just throw in with some eggs and scramble them. And you've got this beautiful, delicious, healthy, like scrambled egg full of leftover veggies and every week they taste a little bit different because you've got different leftover veggies and bits in there. So I love that tip and I think it's something that you can have so much fun with. Um, you can. Either a couple or, or a single cooking for friends or even just as a family. Like it really does. It, and the flavours and tastes that you can come up with is really exciting as well to enjoy a new meal. Yeah, totally. And it's also important to have an action plan for when you are going to waste stuff because you know, whatever it is, like maybe you're just not hungry that night. And like you said, you said it guiltily, but it's just a fact. Sometimes you just don't want to finish everything on your plate and that's fine. That's actually good food psychology to (laughs) stop when you're done. But like, who's going to eat it? And I always say the worms or the compost pile. So it depends what kind of space you have. We are in an apartment, so we only have a balcony, Um, but we've got our worm farm out there with a few spinach plants and all the herbs and the worms love it. So they just take all of our leftovers, scraps, anything that we're not able to put in stuff. I would say we waste maybe one 11 litre bin a fortnight now of, of random rubbish. We just haven't quite found a way to reduce that even more. Um, But we're getting there and it's a journey, you know, and I've been at this for 12 years. So, but I used to have a 53 litre bin that went out every week. So, you know, progress and congratulating yourself and backpacks is really important for anything that we can do to reduce waste. And what I love about worm farms, um, I'm one of those born again worm farmers that kind of found (laughs) Like you get to have this whole relationship with all these little (laughs) creatures and you can tell now, I can tell now when they're not happy or when they're hungry or when like someone put too much bread scraps in there and it's gone mouldy and they're they're like screaming at the sides going, no, get me out of here. I can tell, like I have this conversation with them and I think the more conversations we can have with nature, the more we can tell what's good for nature and what's not. Mm, and yeah. um, I reckon for city people, getting yourself a worm farm is one of the best things you can do. It's so compact, you know, it doesn't take up much space and um, and they're hungry. So they will get through a lot of stuff. And I love that you mentioned like giving yourself that pat on the back and reminding yourself of how far you've come because I think sometimes it can 
be so easy to get bogged down in the, oh, I'm not doing enough or, oh, we've still got a lot of waste going out or we didn't use all the veggies in the fridge instead of actually reminding yourself of how far you've come and where your journey started. Yeah. Um, yeah so I'm really glad that you pointed out that. Now, Alex, I do really want to talk to you about a new partnership, which you have recently just launched with Benefit Pocket. It's a health conscious app that is delivering delivering curated courses by experts. And you are one, one of the incredible experts um, on that platform. And I really love this concept because I know as a bit of a personal growth junkie myself, but now being a mum and, and having a business, it's often hard to really be able to sit down and do those kind of long courses or mm. find the time. So I really love the concept of this because they're kind of those short, very tailored, um, curated courses on specific topics. So I'd love to know from you personally why you decided to partner with Benefit Pocket to launch the Be Low Tox course. Yeah, I thank you for asking me because I think this is one of the more exciting opportunities that I've come across to uh, broaden the conversation on healthier people and a healthier planet. You know, it's wonderful for all of us to be here podcasting and having these communities. And yeah, when you add all of that up, that's a good sizable chunk of the population, but we're still probably really only hovering around the 5% mark of having actually touched the population. If you talk about Australia and then, yeah, But if you look at Bupa, for example, and what they're doing with Benefit Pocket, they're able to reach so many more people. And what I love about that is that the overall goal, which we should all be united in, is healthier people and a healthier planet. Mm -hmm. And so anyone that wants to put up their hand and say, we are prepared to put a lot of effort into this to reach a lot more people and help get some runs on the board for people and planet, is someone I'm a fan of, of collaborating with and it's been an amazing journey. They're so passionate. And to produce a course, which I've kind of like looking back at it now, um, now that it's all complete and up and ready for students, it really is a low-tox life best of. Food, body, home, going through all the major swaps, like the real return on investment swaps. Uh, if it all boiled down to just 13 videos that were 10 to 20 minutes each, what would we talk about? That's what this course does to help people really focus on the big, big changes that make the biggest differences. It's that easy to digest kind of information as well, isn't it? That makes you really excited about the journey that you're kind of embarking on. And it really kind of gets you feeling really passionate instead of kind of reading multiple things and feeling overwhelmed by the process. So I love what you're doing. Um, What are the kind of specifics that people should expect to, I guess, learn and discover in the BLO Tox course with you um, through the Benefit Pocket app? So we have 13 lessons and over the course of those lessons, we travel from different rooms in the house. So we spend time in the kitchen and we look at everything from how to shop better for the planet and for our health through to waste. So there's actually some really great demos there um, that I talk people through. And um, because it's video, people who are more visual learners, it's something that you can whack on while you're folding the laundry kind of thing. It's really easy interactive learning. We also talk about that uh, journey from ultra-processed food to produce. And I actually make just a few simple things. Like we talk about like supermarket popcorn versus just how easy and cheap it is to make organic popcorn at home. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's like 30 cents for a huge bowl. 
and helping people go, oh, my gosh, my grandmother used to make popcorn, but it was a bit of a mystery. And now that I've seen how to make it now, it's actually really easy. I'm going to do it too. Um, And uh, and, um, things like ice magic, which I was such a huge fan of as a kid. Uh, I show people how to make that. Um, So it's definitely the message is not you have to be a yogi on a hill drinking green smoothies (laughs) and never having anything that feels like a treat. It's very much like how do we do this in the modern world and still love life, still live life, still have the odd treat, and that's really what that kitchen module is all about. And then we move to the bathroom, uh, the laundry, uh, and we talk about all those cleaning products, talk about major swaps if you wanted to buy brands versus some really easy things that you could do if you wanted to make your own stuff because I'm a bit of a mixed bag. I like a bit of both, but I know some people tend to lean right into embracing DIY everything and they buy special jars and bottles and labels and that can be a really beautiful experience if that lights you up. Um, But I know other people who are like, I'm too busy for this crap. Just tell me what I need to buy and I'm going to buy it. And then that's how they want to make the change. And I really think we have to give permission to everybody to make this your own journey. It's how you want it to look. It's carte blanche. You've got your um, your life to live and everyone can do low tox, whatever your time, money, um, lifestyle, uh, views, challenges, beliefs. And I think that's why I've always personally really resonated with your work and your messages because it is really that non-judgmental kind of approach yeah. and giving people people the options and really just saying, well, do what's best for you and your family, and but here's the best ways to do it. So, um, totally. yeah, I really love that. So it's exciting to, to, to see that coming to life in the course. Yeah, I know. And then we go through into the bedroom, we look at clothes, we look at air purification and indoor air health. So we talk about things like mould and humidity as well, which is something that's become a lot more topical mm. as as we've been through two seasons of La Nina now and everyone's like, oh, my God, what do I do? Totally. Um, and then we just talk about out and about. Like once you've made these changes at home, then there's that whole challenge of, okay, now I've had kids. What do I do about toys? Um, now my kids are going to school. What do I do about stationery? What mm. do I do about, you know, contacting the books, like that paper, that plastic paper and all the things. And and so it really is just a general sweep of how to become a great decision maker for your health, your family and the planet. I love that so much. What an incredible, you know, opportunity for you to to be able to deliver your message to so many people. Yeah, um, that's awesome. In, yeah, just such an easy to digest way. I absolutely love what they're doing. Um, and yeah, you should be so proud of what you've created. I guess if anyone is really interested in this, how do they sign up to your course through Benefit Pocket? So they sign up basically through the Benefit Pocket app. I mean, it's so easy to become a member of it. Basically go to your app store search Benefit Pocket, join it, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to see in the menu that there are the courses. Mm -hmm. If you're more of a computer person, you can go to benefitpocket.com.au. So the exciting thing is, is that listeners are actually eligible to get a special launch discount on the course for 40% off, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely huge. And I really think if you often find yourself going down rabbit holes on the internet and getting more confused than when you started about what you need to buy and what you need to do. There's just no better way to just do a clean sweep of all the areas of the home that matter and get started. So if that sounds exciting to your listeners, it's uh, lowtox40 is the code. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I honestly can't wait to 
dive into it. We moved into a new home about six months ago and I feel like I'm just really ready to kind of like inject all the new healthy habits into the home. Um, Yeah, I'll be becoming a mum of two. So yeah, I guess on the journey, you just become more and more conscious of, of what you're doing and how you can be better. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Alex, to finish today, I'd really love to know what is one thing that you wish more people knew about? I wish more people knew that of all the things that matter in terms of making our planet a better home, biodiversity is literally one of the most, like it's the most important thing. And we're seeing so many narratives, we're seeing so much processed plant-based crap being brought out mm. onto the market. Now, I don't care if you're vego, vegan, meat eating, like there is room for everybody and saving the planet and creating biodiversity. In fact, every healthy landscape has plants and animals, every single one. There's no landscape that has only plants that's healthy or only animals that's healthy. They need to be together. And so really supporting the farmers that are doing the work to create healthy landscapes and sequester carbon, it can't be stated how important that is enough. Mm. We're all having these fights about who should be eating what on Instagram. And I'm like, um, we just need to actually be finding farmers that are farming healthy landscapes because they're less prone to floods, fires, which means, you know, we then actually have a healthier climate. Uh, Like I could go on and on, but the number one thing we all need to think about doing is to be buying as little processed stuff as possible and as much stuff from regenerative farmers as possible. That is what I wish everybody knew. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think the world that we're in today, like I hear so many people say, oh, I'm so scared for our kids. And it's like, well, we can actually be the change makers. Like we can. And it does, it does start in our home. Like don't think that because, you know, you might not have an Instagram audience or, or something to share your message. It literally positive change starts in the home, I believe. So it's it does. families, it's the conversations that you have. Um, and that's just kind of a snowball effect then because then your children grow up, you know, that's second nature to them to eat that way, to, you know, go to farmer's markets, to use um, low-tox cleaning products. Like it's, it's an education. And I think we're so at a point now where we're unlearning so much as a generation because we've been brought up in, you know, more of a consumer world. So it's we really do have a wonderful opportunity now to be the change makers for our future generations. So, Alex, thank you so much for your time. I've absolutely loved chatting to you. I adore all your work and you're a wealth of knowledge. So I just appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Madeline. Loved it. Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.